This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 6, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Two high-profile police shootings have now ended in mistrials. That's despite the evidence provided by a police body camera and a bystander's camera. Matthew Feeney, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, says even in cases where the camera appears to tell the tale, it's no guarantee of a conviction. Part of the reason we have jury trials is because uh, it is your peers, and even if you are technically and by all rights guilty, a jury can acquit. And in the case of Walter Scott, uh, the man who was shot in the back by a cop as uh, Mr. Scott was running away from the cop, um, juries are free to decide based on their consciences. Yeah, the jury system is not perfect, but it's an enduring legacy of the Anglo-American system that we have come used to. And in this particular case, it's important for listeners to remember this was not a acquittal. This is a mistrial. The jury was unable to come to a unanimous verdict. Uh, the reporting suggests that it was one holdout juror who was uh, unwilling to convict on either murder or voluntary manslaughter charges, which did seem like appropriate charges. Uh, listeners might remember this case because it was made very famous by bystander video. Uh, Michael Slager, the police officer, pulled over Walter Scott for a broken taillight. Walter Scott then fled the scene and a scuffle ensued. And as you said, uh, while Walter Scott was running away, Michael Slager uh, shot Walter Scott five times, hitting him three times in the back, once in the ear and once in the buttock. Had that uh, that incident not been filmed, I think it's unlikely that the case would have achieved anywhere near the amount of attention it did. Uh, but depressingly, I think this is another reminder that just because you capture an incident of police misconduct on film, it doesn't necessarily guarantee a guilty verdict. We saw this earlier this year with Ray Tensing and the shooting of Samuel DeBose. Although, despite the fact that Michael Slager and Ray Tensing were involved in mistrials, it's very likely that the prosecutors in both cases will pursue uh, new trials. Describe the DuBose case very quickly. So DuBose was a uh, black man driving in Cincinnati. He was pulled over uh, for not having a license plate. During that interaction, it becomes clear that Samuel DuBose uh, doesn't have the necessary identification. Uh, Ray Tensing, the police officer who is wearing a body camera, sticks his hand into the car as the car begins to move away, and he shoots Samuel DuBose in the head. And you can see in the video shortly after the shooting that uh, the police very quickly are getting their story together. That's right. So the the official account of what happened in the Samuel DeBose case uh, seems uh, at odds with what the body camera shows. Uh, Ray Tensing claimed that he was dragged along the street by the car, and uh, because he feared for his life, was you know um, unholstered his weapon and uh, shot at Samuel DeBose. Uh, that case, I think, is a bit more complicated than the Walter Scott shooting. In the Samuel DeBose case, you have an officer who has a hand in a moving vehicle. Uh, you could make a more plausible argument that he perhaps did fear for his safety. Anyone who has seen the Walter Scott shooting, I do not think can come to that same conclusion. Police officers can 
legally kill uh, fleeing suspects if they think that the fleeing suspect poses an imminent threat to other officers or members of the public. But Walter Scott was unarmed and fleeing. Uh, and I think the footage does speak for itself. So in the case of a mistrial, as these both of these cases uh, ended in, uh, prosecutors can bring charges again or can bring, can issue, have a new trial. That's right. And I think that's very likely in the Michael Slager case because uh, it, it looks like it was one holdout juror. Uh, it's worth mentioning, though, that Michael Slager is also facing federal charges uh, that include obstruction of justice and violating Scott's rights under color of law. It will be interesting, given that we will soon be enjoying a new presidential administration, to see if if he's confirmed what uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions will do, uh, not only in this case, but other cases like this. The Obama administration's Department of Justice has been very active in investigations uh, of police departments, perhaps most notably Baltimore and Ferguson, Missouri. The point that you make, and it's worth repeating, is that even when there is clear footage of what appears to show one thing, a jury uh, presented with that and other evidence, there's no guarantee that that will uh, result in a guilty verdict. Yes, I think uh, following the protests in Ferguson, there was renewed discussion about body cameras in particular, and a common refrain was, these are good tools for accountability and transparency. And I think we have perhaps been focusing too much on the transparency and too little on the accountability. It's uh, clear from cases like this that footage does not always necessarily result uh, in guilty verdicts. Now. There have been interesting studies done showing that two people can look at the same footage and come to very different conclusions about uh, who was to blame for any given particular uh, incident. But you know, in, in the Slager case, uh, the, the jury foreman reportedly gave uh, the, the, the judge a note saying that you know this is one juror that's having issues, uh, that juror needs to leave. Uh, it seems clear that uh, had this one juror been uh, replaced or had it been a different person that we could well have uh, ended up with a guilty verdict. But uh, it's impossible to know for sure, and uh, we'll see what the result of the new trial is. At the very least, it, this keeps in uh, the public consciousness the idea that uh, people are mistreated by cops, and the official reports of police are often at odds with what cameras can reveal. Yes, and here at uh, the Cato Institute, we have a whole website, policemisconduct.net, that we use to track uh, incidents of police misconduct. But I also think that these kind of cases, especially the Michael Slager case, uh, they really do serve as a reminder that uh, citizens should film the police if and when they have the opportunity. I had, uh, had a passerby not taken his cell phone out and recorded this shooting, uh, I think it's uh, not as nearly as likely that uh, Michael Slager would have faced murder or voluntary manslaughter charges. Uh, if you have a cell phone with a camera, you, you can film the police if the police are where they have a legal right to be and are performing their duties. Matthew Feeney is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.